Hello, welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. Recording here on Friday, July 7th, 2023, right on the eve of Summer League, officially in Las Vegas. And so we're going to get to see a couple games, like a week or two of basketball. I think the Pacers have four or five games. They don't play till tomorrow, but um, it's a fun time to uh, to be a fan. I like I like watching the summer league at, le- at least, especially the very beginning. Like I want to see Wembenyama, and I want to see Scoot and Brandon Miller. Um, yeah, and obviously a lot of guys like Chet. I want to see Chet Holmgren. Um, but. It's been it's been a long there's been a lot of transactions since the last um, podcast that I did right before leading up to the draft. So I just like in summary of you know the the draft trades free agency. Um, I'm like super pumped about what the the front office did this offseason. I thought that they made a lot of really good calculated, measured moves. Um, and as a fan, I'm just thinking, man, this this team rolling into next season is something you can really get excited about. We've got some guys that have, you know, they have high ceilings. And depending on how this team goes, you know, we might have the making of something pretty special here. Um, I'm, I'm that excited about what, what they did. Um, but like the, so, you know, the first thing I, I think of like importance as far as so far this off season, which everybody knew this was going to happen, but it happened on, you know, on the first day of free agency, they, they signed Tyrese Halliburton to, uh, you know, the maximum amount of money and length that he could get on a contract. And it's got like incentives where he ends up making two hundred and sixty million if he hits all the incentives, um, and it's like over two hundred if I think if he doesn't hit any of the incentives. But five year contract, max max contract for Tyrese, and you know you 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 established he obviously this was this was he was he was a huge piece of what we were doing he if not the 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 cornerstone, and. You know, they got him signed to a max. Hopefully there's, I'm assuming, hopefully, best case scenario still is like, you know, Benedict Matherin's coming for the next max. I don't know. That's that's my dream uh, for this team moving forward. But for them to get Tyrese locked up for five years um, on, on top of this year uh, is pretty sweet to know this is our guy. And Tyrese is perfect. He's the perfect He's the perfect leader. He's such a like he's such a thoughtful human. Um and I feel like he just has like he it feels like the whole culture, everybody that you listen to on the Pacers, they just feel um like they're in agreement with what what's important and what they're working on. And um yeah, Tyrese is just a great guy that you that you want to want to lead the team. So we got him locked down. Um, I'm pumped for Tyrese next season. Um, he averaged 20 and 10 last year. I don't necessarily. Um, I think we will see a statistical increase for Tyrese, but uh, I think he's got other. He's got a lot of guys that are going to be thriving if they're scoring. The basketball too so maybe Tyrese you know maybe he goes 22 and 11 next year or you know 20 and like 21 and 12 lead the league in assists um you know make an all-nba team because the Pacers have you know other guys that are that are thriving um but we've got him we've got him for uh We've got him for the foreseeable future, and he's you know he's he's a potential All NBA guy next year, at 23 years old for our point guard. Like that's a real great place to start, 
and we got him locked down. So kudos uh, to the front office for going out and making the trade to get Tyrese and to get Buddy because Buddy's been good too. But to get Tyrese, um, man, you do that trade 100 times out of 100. Like, I, I do at least. As much as Sabonis was a treat, he never, you know, Halliburton is Halliburton. Halliburton can drive a little faster, it feels like. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just, it's going to be great. It's going to be great to see what Halliburton can do next year for us with, with, uh, with a, I'd say, an increased roster. Um, maybe the Pacers nailed last year's draft with with Matherin and Nimhart just going back to the front office and, and how they've been doing lately. It's like, you know, you think of Matherin and you think of Nimhart and it's like, yeah, we got it. Those guys have great rookie seasons. Also, Kendall Brown, who we didn't get to see a lot of last year because of injury, but he seems to be around. He's, I'm excited to see him play <clears throat> in summer league, you know, because he's a good prospect for sure. Sick, like, you love his size and his and his athleticism. Um, but yeah, mainly Benedict, he seems like, you know, he's, he's gonna be really good. And Nimhard at third, number 32, that's what a great pick. And um, so yeah, we got that going on. Then for the draft, you know, they took Jairus Walker at number eight and Ben Shepard at number 26. Um, my thoughts on Jairus, like I did the, uh, the last podcast I did was right before the draft and I think I had him as like the fifth guy that I'd want in that position. I had Taylor Hendricks, um, over him and, uh, I just wasn't that high on Jairus Walker, but I'm, 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 uh, I'm definitely on board. I do see. I, I didn't um, understand that he would. You know, he has the potential to be a playmaker, a little bit more on the offensive end. So, and then I know with his defensive, you know, kind of versatility, and, and sounds like through training camp and stuff, he's been making an impact defensively. Um, that's what we were going after. So I'm excited to see. I really am excited to see Jarris Walker play, and to see what we what we got in him. Um, you know, he's young, so not going to judge him after his rookie season, like give him, give him a year to two couple years, but we get to start to see what kind of player we have here. And I could see it being a range, um, as in like, maybe he's a starter. If, if, if things are, if he is like, if he's going to be a long-term piece for sure, then he's pushing himself into the starting lineup you know, by the end of the season to maybe he's like an eighth or ninth guy on this team and he's, you know, getting to play, but, you know, maybe some nights he's only getting 10 minutes. Um, odds are maybe somewhere in the middle, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with Jairus Walker and it sounds like, you know, he's, he's a great fit. Uh, um, as far as like somebody who, who has some upside, <clears throat> but addresses, you know, just, uh, you know, gives us some, some size and athleticism uh, from a big man position. Um, I like it. And, and with, uh, with Ben Shepard, I'm just getting Andrew Nimhard vibes from him, as in like, maybe this guy... Maybe there's a world where the Pacers move off of Buddy Heald and Ben Shepard actually kind of like is in the rotation. Because um, I think that's backup shooting guard type spot might be open if they trade Buddy. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a guy that played, I think he played four years in college, just like Nimhard. So he's on the older side, but got good size. He seems, you know, culture-wise, he seems to fit perfect here at the Pacers. Um, 
So I'm, I'm looking forward to him. I, 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 similarly to Andrew Nimhart going into last season, I don't have very high, like, I don't have, like, high expectations for Ben Shepard, but I'm kind of hopeful that maybe there will be. Um, once again, can't wait to see him in summer league. That's what's going to be so cool about tomorrow is we get to see these guys in action, Jairus Walker, Ben Shepard, um, Yeah, so I guess that's what I'll probably, I mean, I'll probably talk about those guys a little bit more, but that just kind of in the context of what the front office has been doing that I've really enjoyed is, you know, signing Tyrese Halliburton to the max, drafting Jairus Walker and Ben Shepard, and then what, what the big, like, actually, like, the most fun thing that they did for me was they took a low-risk, home run swing on Obi Toppin, the number, the former number eighth pick from the coveted 2020 NBA draft class that the Pacers have. Tyrese, uh, Jalen Smith, Aaron Neesmith, I think Jordan Vora. There might even be more people. I don't know, but I know they have a lot of guys from that 2020 draft. So adding the number eighth pick, uh, just basically, like, Obi Toppin has a high ceiling because he has athletic gifts that make NBA guys, you know, aw, he's a slam dunk participant. He is, he's a highlight reel. He is, he's a six foot nine, 220 pound power forward with speed who can shoot the three, kind of like, I don't know. I'm just this is I'm just this is just coming off the top of my head, but just kind of offensively, you know, he kind of reminds me of I'm I'm just getting like some TJ Warren vibes and just the sense of like being able to create some space. Get he can get his mid range off too if he wants. Um, just an overall offensive guy that's all like he's got he's he's just I think he's got a lot to offer. And I think we're the, we're the perfect team for him to try out. He's got one year left on his contract. So, you know, he's, he's playing for it. And I think that the Pacers bringing him in, I think we're taking, I think he's going to have a, a significant role. Now, as of now, I don't, it might be going on. They haven't done a press conference for Obi Toppin yet I, that I have seen. Um, but maybe there will be something that comes out with a little bit more clarity of like, maybe they'll say we brought him in to be a starter or something like that. I think it's still up in the air as far as who starts next season between Obi Toppin and Jairus Walker. But I think Jairus Walker would have to have a really, really impressive summer league to, to, to go into the season as a starter over Obi Toppin because I'm thinking the you know the, the pace it costs two two second dra- two second round draft picks to get Obi Toppin. Now he's only he's only got one year on this contract, so we're gonna have to do something with them at the end of the season. But I think I think Obi Toppin could be the the third scorer on this team next season behind Matherin and and Halliburton. He. I guess it'll just be interesting to see what kind of shots he gets if he is a starter, you know, because there's a lot of guys that are going to be looking to score in that starting lineup. Um, but I'm just interested to see what 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 Obi Toppin, his role ends up. Be. Oh, I know what I was going to say a little bit more about the Pacers taking, you know, it only costs two second round draft picks. Um, but this is a good year for us to just evaluate what we have. And to bring in another guy that has high upside um, and get to see him on your team and then make a decision. Like maybe the Pacers are thinking we could resign, we could resign Obi Toppin. Or maybe he just becomes a you know, a trade asset. Or I don't know, but he's he's somebody that deserved there's there's enough there's enough there to 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 want to see a bigger role. And I think the Pacers brought him in here because they were willing to at least give, like, at least give him that to start. So 
I don't know. We'll see what Jairus does in the summer league. Um, but I would expect Obi Toppin to start next season. But I'm just excited for the dynamics that he can bring to the team uh, offensively and just the, with the fast pace that we're going to hopefully run. And which, I mean, I'm sure we're going to run, but, it, you know, that, that's going to be the bread and butter. And he's a, he's a fast break type player. Um, I think at minimum, he's a he's a rotational guy on the playoff team. So so maybe Jairus is is going to start, and and um, top end is more of just a, a, a rotation like a rotational bench guy. But I think that I think we're I think we're aiming high here, and we're taking a chance on Obi, thinking that we, that he might be a potential you know quality quality starter. Um, level guy with his size and athleticism, um, he could be a significant piece for this team. So I love that. I love that. Um, I love that trade for the Pacers to be able to get Obi Toppin. Um, and then they they went out and they they improved the defense from a talent perspective. Obviously drafting Jarris Walker, um, but then to go sign Bruce Brown, the defending champion. Um, you know, to a to a very team friendly contract. I mean, two years, forty five million was the the contract amount, which you know it was a lot for Bruce Brown on a yearly basis. But to only have him in for you know one year, tech, really guaranteed, and then an option to to do the same the second year, um, it allows them allows the Pacers to obviously still be flexible. But bringing in Bruce Brown, I think you bring him in, and here's another like a, I'm thinking he comes in as a starter, and I think essentially he uh, kind of takes over Nimhard, his starting spot, and you you roll with Tyrese and Benedict, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, and Miles Turner. It's hard for me to say because I, you know, I really love Andrew Nimhard and I really love planning to love Jairus Walker. Um, and then you got Butt Heald too. This team, like, there's eight int- eight really interesting players on this team, not including Aaron Neesmith and Jordan Rora and TJ McConnell. It's a deep team. Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith. I mean, geez, man. That's the problem. There's just not going to be enough. There's not enough to go around. But so hopefully there's some consolidating yet to be done. Um, but the Pacers improved their defense. Getting Bruce Brown, he he can take the best team, the, the team's best player. He's on Luka. He's on... You know, he's on probably Tatum or you know Jalen Brown. You know he's 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 your guy to go to go lock down. Um, and then offensively, he he doesn't have to be a scorer. He's more of a connector, very similarly to the way that like Andrew Nimhart plays. Really, that's kind of what I see it as. Is Bruce Brown may just be at this point. Slightly better than Andrew Nimhard, but I don't want to say that because I, I believe in Andrew Nimhard to you know to be better. But maybe they both maybe maybe there's a world where Benedict Mathurin isn't starter and you're starting Bruce Brown and Andrew Nimhard. Now I never want to hope. Hopefully that never happens. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. I think Bruce Brown has some a little bit of untapped potential and. Kind of this, I feel kind of the same way with Andrew Nimhard, but I just think it'll be interesting this year. I think both of the guys are going to get a lot of playing time. That's what I could see it being is like eight, eight guys that get you know pretty balanced run. Um, without you know Tyrese will get more. I think Benedict would get more. Um, but with Bruce Brown, you know we're getting we're getting a super good defender. 27 years old, nicknamed Biggie Smalls. So, you know, the way that he plays basketball is tough. It's gritty. 
He's a second round draft pick. He's undersized, but you know, with the nickname Biggie Smalls, he's six foot four, but he plays big, much bigger than that when he needs to be. But he can also handle the ball a little bit for you, uh, play make on offense, um, shoot pretty well from from three, you know, um, and he can and he can attack the hoop um, off the dribble. And he just, he, he, he's the type of person I think that fits really well. I, th- I found it very interesting that Tyrese Halliburton, you know, was on the phone with him before the deal, um, you know, kind of recruiting him to, you know, selling him on the idea. So I think that'll be really interesting to get to see some of Tyrese's guys, some of the guys that he influenced to get here, you know, be on the team. This really feels like, the guys that they brought in, I expect to be playing next season. Maybe with maybe Ben Shepard, no, but also maybe yes. Um, and then there's that group of guys where, like Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, Jordan Wara, Aaron Neesmith. Um, Isaiah Jackson, if I didn't say him already, you know, there's this group of guys that we just don't know what for sure what they are. I mean, Aaron Neesmith, I think, separates a little bit out of that, but he's a guy that we got to make decisions on, like all those guys next season, who's coming back. Whereas some of these other guys, like the rookies that we just got, you know, we know we have them under contract for the next couple seasons. So there may be a tendency to play the guys that we have under contract a little bit more. I don't know. But it to me, it's just, man, it's like Bruce Brown just adds... Um, he he adds a level of seriousness seriousness to this team. Some sense of like he's proven. Um, I think he's somebody that we can rely on um, to kind of lead the team in certain ways during a game and during and into the playoffs. And so I'm, I'm fascinated to see what his role is going to be for the team. Is he going to start? I say probably yes, but um, if not, like I'm still super excited for him. Um, ultimately, he's, you know, maybe he's better come off the bench. He came off the bench for a championship team, you know, this past season. So, um, who knows? Um, so yeah, I like I love the I love the Obi Toppin trade. I love the Bruce Brown signing. And I think the thing that I really enjoyed the most was the fact that the front office was able to get better realistically without sacrificing um, our financial flexibility into the future outside of signing the cornerstone, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, we, didn't have to, we haven't sacrificed draft picks. We have all of our own first-round draft picks. We have a few of other teams' first-round draft picks. Um, we're not rushing our young players. We're, 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 we're not moving on too soon from a guy like Isaiah Jackson, you know, yet. Um, or Jalen Smith, even. Or, you know. But we're going to get it. The, the, the way that they t- approach this offseason gives this season room to breathe, where there's not, like, giant expectations. But we're expecting to see some pop for sure. And we want to see, we want to see improvement from last season from guys like Halliburton and, and Matherin and see what, see what we can do this year. Cause there's, if, if we get improvement, there's enough talent. And I think this, I could see the, I see a world where this team gels really well together. Just, um, you know, one thing about last year's team was they always talked about the vibes of the locker room being so good. This year, I feel like the vibes of the locker room, you know, could be even better because you're building off a of last season, but you're also doing it with, you know, more talent and more experience on your team. So I could see the Pacers popping next year. I'm, I'm excited about this roster. Super excited. And I'm so, so glad that it's we still we still have the flexibility we still have the ammunition to make the moves but we get to take this season to really to really see what we have you know 
um, and what we need. So I love it. I, I'm so happy that, that the way it's played out so far this, this season. Um, so speaking of the guys that we get to, you know, see another year of, I, you know, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm in my head, it's just in concrete right now that Benedict Matherin is starting next season. But what kind of sophomore pump do we get from Benedict next year? I think, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking big things. And uh, I was interested to see, you know, what did he do? He Because he played two seasons at Arizona. So his freshman to sophomore year, his minutes went up from 25 to 32. His field goal attempts nearly doubled from 7 to 13. He shot three times as many three-point field goals his sophomore season than he did his freshman season, and he still managed to shoot 37% from the three. His points went from 11 to 18. So the point being, without, I think I may have not misread, or I may have read those stats kind of incorrectly too, Um but he made a jump from freshman to sophomore season. That's the type of guy that he is, I think, and I'm banking on. Is like, he's like, okay, this is what I need to get better at. This is what I'm going to do, and then executes it. His rookie season, he comes in, he averages 16 points a game. He gets to the free throw line six, seven times a night. He's He is true to, you know, he can get the ball in the hoop. He's an offensive weapon. What are we going to get to see his sophomore season? Is he going to make what? Where does he improve? What kind of jumps do we get to see? And so, at, to me, he's a starter until proven otherwise. Um, and I'm expecting a big pump. I was watching an interview, it might have been the first summer league after the first summer league practice or the second, and um. Gennaro Pargo is the head coach for the summer league team. He's a former NBA player. This is his first year as the summer league coach, um, which we lost Ronald Norad, which was a bummer. Um, but it opens an opportunity here for, you know, um, Pargo to, to coach this team. But he, he was asked, um, you know, what have you seen so far from, from Jarrison Ben? And I don't know if when the, question was asked if maybe it was in terms of Ben Shepard, if he was asking a kind of like a rookie related question or if it was Ben Matherin. But I think the way that, um, that Pargo answered it, he interpreted it as Jairus Walker and Benedict Matherin because Matherin is there, you know, for the summer league. And he says, I'll start with Ben. And he just starts smiling and kind of shakes his head kind of in like a mischievous looking way. And uh, he's like, my goodness, he's strong, quick, fast, much more mature, shooting the ball better. He's going to be great for us. And he's got to be talking about Benedict Matherin because two of the things, you know, shooting the ball better, he looks and much more mature. That's comparing to the year before. But point being, you know, Matherin, James Johnson tweeted, He's taller than, you know, whatever. He's basically saying he's, he's growing. Um, I can't wait to see Benedict tomorrow night in, in summer league and to see what we're getting. Get a glimpse into what we may be seeing from him this season and some of, the, some of the mindset shifts he's had. What does his commitment level on the defensive end look like? How does he look, you know, just athletically, physically out there? Um, yeah, on the defensive side, I, I, that's the one thing I really would like to see is just a noticeable difference in the amount of disruption he causes on the defensive end. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, just, just to see him competing on the defensive end. What is that? What is his level of commitment on that end? Because I know he's, I know, I know he's going to be looking to score the basketball. And that's what we want. That's what we want. That's that is what we want from Benedict Matherin, and uh, I don't know. Like, 
I, I he could he could he as if he you put him in starting lineup like I could see a world where he he just continues to play the same way as he did when he was coming in you know as the coming in off the bench where it's just like he's super aggressive all the time. I would imagine that's how he's going to play this year even as a starter. So I think his shot attempts are going up. You know, as he's getting more minutes, um, I could see that that means, you know, scoring's going to be going up. Rebound's going to be, he's going to be getting more minutes. Um, and I think it's not just about the stats, but I think Benedict kind of faded the second half of last year, but in a way towards the very end, he kind of took off again, in my opinion. Um, his game started on me. It started to become a little predetermined January, February, even into March. But then once he got inserted into the starting lineup, I think it was like the last 10 games of the season. And, and maybe even a few games prior to that. I don't remember exactly, but, you know, he's been playing at a different level intensity-wise that I was noticing. So I want to see, you know, hopefully that's the kind of stuff even turned up more we're going to see tomorrow night in the summer league game, but more importantly into the season next year. Um, is he going to continue to look to dominate, be the best player on the floor as a starter if he does that? And if he makes progress towards that and you're like, okay, Matherin, you can see a world where he becomes an all-star pretty quickly as we get two months into next season. Not necessarily an all-star next season, but just like you can see a world where Matherin's an all-star. He's making, you know, maybe he's averaging 20, 22 a night, five boards, three assists, shooting the three ball at like 35% or better. Um, Pacers are winning. He's getting... He's getting a little bit more like steals and blocks. That's one thing that he really, if you add those two stats, he averaged 0.8 combined between a block and a steal. So not even one. Um, I think, you know, next season with increase in minutes and increase in, you know, just having a year under your belt and becoming a better defender, I think he'll, I'd like to see him double that to 1.5. Maybe get a steal a game and half a block a game. That would be great improvement. Um, and then, like, I guess the thinking about Mather next season, like, what are the vibes like for him? Like, what what kind of energy is he putting out as a teammate? Um, what's he saying? Uh, how does you know? Uh, like, how's he taking in Jarris Walker and Ben Shepard? Um, how does he vibe with the new guys? Does he feel threatened at all? Um, is he excited about the increase in talent and the chance for the Pacers to, to win? Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm fascinated by Benedict Matherin going into next season. Can't wait to, can't wait to see, see how he looks tomorrow. Another guy we get to see another year of, Andrew Nimhard, coming into his sophomore year. He is, I saw something where he's talking about going like into summer league, he's, he's looking to score the ball more. And it makes me wonder, well, maybe, maybe if Nimhard comes off the bench next season, maybe there's already been talk. Maybe he looks to score the ball more in a role off the bench. Um, regardless of the amount of scoring Andrew Nimhard does, I'm super bullish on him and his ability to contribute to the Pacers winning basketball games for the years ahead. I love Andrew Nimhard. That's the thing about this team. There's, I, I would love, I mean, it's like Tyrese Halliburton, come on. You love him. Benedict Matherin, you love him. Andrew Nimhart, you love him. Um, Obi Toppin, you know, you could see a world where you love him. 
Um, anyways, I'm excited to see another year. Like, Andrew Nimhard, let's see what it is. Make sure it's not a fluke. I know it's not a fluke. He's Mr. Steady. Um, I'd be fascinated to see if he if he's good enough to, to hold on to that starting spot, if he had it. Well, no, he did have it. Let me, I misspoke there. He had it. If, if he holds on to it, kudos. Um, it makes me just feel that much better about him. And I would love to see Nimhard start over Bruce Brown. I'm fine with that too. But if Bruce Brown is a better player, then I could see a world where he starts and, and Nimhard comes, comes off the bench. But something else I find fascinating is the competition that is set on this team. There's a lot of guys that are young and hungry, according to Tyrese Halliburton. He said, this team is young and hungry. And it's true. There's a lot of guys that are, it's a young team and players looking to, um, you know, get, get more contracts. And this team has competition, competition for the minutes. And I think, you know, Obi Toppin, Jairus Walker, how do those minutes end up getting divided, starter versus non? Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith, who gets that kind of starting or backup center position? Maybe it ends up being Daniel Tice. Um, how are the minutes kind of shared between Bruce Brown, Andrew Nimhard, Aaron Neesmith, Ben Shepard, Jordan Wara? I also wonder about Buddy Heald and what his role is going to be on next year's team. Um, is Buddy going to be in a new in a new role? Six man, seventh man, off the bench. Um, does Buddy get traded? Is Buddy committed to whatever role the Pacers decide that they want him to take and embrace it and then also be willing to play that role for the next like the you know the next three, four years of his career because he's up for a new contract after this season. But this is an opportunity maybe for Buddy to 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 uh, to win and be a part of something and, and maybe the maybe that means more to him than going someplace where maybe he pay, gets paid a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. Or, you know, maybe gets a bigger role, not necessarily what he gets paid. Um, but I liked, I mean, there's a, it's a fun world to imagine Buddy Heald fully bought in playing 25, 26, 24 minutes a night uh, coming in, you know, either like put him in, I mean, next year I'd say put him in as a six man. Um, but then there's, there's a, there's so many guys on this team that, that um, need, that we want to see. I guess like Buddy Heald probably make, is, makes the team the most competitive next season, giving the minutes and the shots to him. So in some regards, like I don't, I don't mind that at all because we're trying to win next year, which is also why I'm op more open to the idea of, you know, Daniel Tice actually playing backup center for us. If we're going to be in the playoffs, I mean, hopefully it, Isaiah Jackson or Jalen Smith, you know, show out and, and make it obvious that they're better candidates than Daniel Tice for a team playoff bound. But if they don't, I mean, I don't mind the fact that we know Daniel Tice can play. And he, you know, at least I think he can. He didn't, he wasn't bad. And I think that was just coming in off of being injured for so long and being out and then to be on a new team. And I think you give him a, a, a training camp with the expectation that you're going to play basketball next year as our backup center. Um, Maybe that does, maybe that raises the floor of the team a little bit over guys like Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson this next season, but hopefully not. Um, 
Yeah. So there's basically there, those. There's a those are the kind of the questions still left. Is is what what happens with Buddy Heald? What what happens with T.J. McConnell? Not just are they on the team or not, but what are their roles next season? Because like, it just feels to me like we have a real team now. And when I, you know, granted, if everybody stays healthy, you're looking at a team with Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, Miles Turner, Andrew Nimhard, Buddy Heald, Jairus Walker. That's your eight-man rotation. Um... I mean, honestly, the, the, all these guys had like the best years of their career outside of Obi Toppin last year. Um, for some, it was their first year in the league, but still, they had great seasons. And you add the number eight pick, defensive kind of Swiss Army knife guy that has no pressure, comes coming off the bench, give you... I've, I slotted Jairus Walker in for 26 minutes. Um, basically, I added up. I was curious to see, like, okay, Halliburton, 34 minutes is what he played last season. Let's just say he gets the same amount this, this season. Matherin, he's, he averaged 28 last season. I'm bumping Matherin up four minutes a game to 32 minutes. Bruce Brown. He averaged 28 minutes a game last year for the Nuggets, so I've got him penciled in at 28 minutes a game for the Pacers. Obi Toppin, he averaged 15 minutes a game last year for the Knicks. I think the Pacers are going to offer him a much bigger opportunity, a much bigger role. I've got him down for 28 minutes a night. Now, if his play doesn't back it up, I could see him losing that. You know, kind of like a Jalen Smith scenario where it's like, hey, yeah, you had it, but you lost it. Um, Miles Turner, he played 29 minutes a game last night. I don't, or last night, last year. I think he's staying the same. So 34, 32, 28, 28, 29. Andrew Nimhard, he played 28 minutes last year. I got him for 28 minutes this year. Buddy Heald, I've got him for 25 minutes a night, and that's based off him, you know, him obviously staying on the team and being committed to signing like another contract, then it's like, okay, let's give Buddy the reps here. If he's going to be on our team moving forward, we love Buddy. Um, he wants to be here. We're all on the same page. Great. Give Buddy plenty of run, 25 minutes a night. Jairus Walker, I put him basically at 26 minutes a night. That's our eighth man. If you just if everybody was healthy and those are the minutes they played that game, that only gives us ten minutes to 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 give to the rest of these guys that I'm about to name. And this is where the team is just so crowded. Um, you got Aaron Neesmith, Isaiah Jackson, T.J. McConnell, Jordan Rora, Jalen Smith, Daniel Tice, and Ben Shepard. And between those guys, you only can divvy out 10 minutes if, unless you take minutes away from the guys that, you know, that top eight. I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens next season and, and how, how the rotations break and, and who shines. But similarly, I was curious, you know, field goal attempts per game. How, how did those get divvied out? Because it's, it, not only are there enough, not enough minutes, there's not enough shots. Last year, the Pacers, they were like fifth, I think, in the league for field goal attempts. Maybe not. I, I, made, I, made, I totally made that up. I know they played fast. Uh, so I'm assuming that their field goal attempts were pretty high. But the point is, they, they did 90, 90 field goal attempts per game last year. So if you just take that 90 and you start passing them out to the guys, I'm giving Tyrese 17. He had 15 last year. He gets two more shot attempts. I'm giving Benedict the exact same number, 17. He only got 12 last season, but 
this season we want we want Alpha Benedict to show up and and put put his name and put the Pacers on the map this season as somebody to look out for. I think they are like I think people can kind of feel it, but we just kind of like how we could feel that Tyrese was going to be a lot better than he was the last part of uh, the year we traded for him. We're like he's going to take a jump. He went from just in his time with the Pacers, he went from like 17 and 9 to 20 and 10 last season and just what he just looked so good. I feel like Matherin is the guy that I'm thinking is going to be the same way. I think we're going to see it in the in the summer league right away, and it's going to be like, oh shit, this guy's ready to go. Um, yeah. So point being, I think I guess I I'm not going to go through all these field goal attempts. Um, I don't know. I thought that was a good idea. I, I want to see Benedict shoot the ball a lot. I think he'll, I think I'd like to see him average just a little bit, you know, as much as Tyrese, or if not a little bit more. To me, that would be a sign of utmost potential being reached. Because I think for Tyrese to be his best, it's like Benedict needs to be his best. So Tyrese's best is to get, to, to help Benedict reach his best. So, there's no, it's okay that Ben scores, but I don't know if, 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 if that's the best for this offense, and, and there's, a lot to, there's a lot to go from Benedict. I think I'm just so locked in on him being like an Anthony Edwards type player that I'm just ready for him to average 30 points a night. Um, but maybe that's, not, maybe that's not the trajectory that he's on, but it, it could be. Um, I guess, yeah, so it's just been, it's been a great offseason. Can this roster make the playoffs next year? Um, I think they, I think there's a world where they can. And if you look at it in the Eastern Conference, there's five teams that I feel one of them may drop next season, but... Five, these five teams uh, are, are will be, be. I think they'll be better than the Pacers next next season, and that's the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Philadelphia 76ers. I'm kind of just penciling them in as the top five seeds, just because I think they're probably the five best teams, um, or like con- five best contenders on paper going into next season out of the East. Then I think you essentially have three team or nine teams competing for the last three playoff spots, and so this is where I in these nine teams I think the Pacers belong in this discussion, and kind of like how Halliburton beat out last season, he rose above Lamelo Ball and Cade Cunningham. Now those guys have to come take it from him. I think the Pacers are going to do the same with some of these teams, but I'm in this I've got the Knicks the Raptors, the Hawks, the Bulls, just history, the fact that those teams have been in the playoffs recently. On paper, they have, you know, especially the Knicks, but the Raptors have Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam and OG Anadobi. You could convince yourself that, you know, they've got a better roster than the Pacers. But to me, it's like a team like the Pacers, their trajectory is up, whereas the Raptors feels like they're in the middle of something. Um, so point being, like I think the I think the Pacers could could compete with the Raptors next season and, and finish ahead of them in the standings. Same with the Hawks and the Bulls. I'm not scared of those teams. Um, I guess I'm a little scared of the Knicks. Like I I think Brunson and and Randall. And what they've got over there are good enough. I think the Pacers have a higher upside than the Knicks. Like I like our chances long term over those guys, but next season they might have our number. But that still leaves two more spots. So um, okay, then you got then in this okay. So Knicks, Raptors, Hawks, Bulls, 
Brooklyn Nets, Orlando Magic, Detroit Pistons, Orlando, uh, or Indiana Pacers. We're in that group. I like our chances over Magic, Pistons, Hornets, Wizards. Um, and I think we take our, take our chances with the Nets and the Bulls and Hawks and Raptors. And so could this team make the playoffs next year? I think yes, they could. But I don't think they'll be favored to. I think we'll have to see a lot of improvement. Things are going to have to things are going to have to grow a lot more. Could this team win a playoff series? Well, if we make the playoffs, that means that something's going right. And if something's going right, that means everything could be going right. And if everything's going right and the Pacers are in a position to potentially win a playoff series next season, Tyrese Halliburton is an all-NBA guard. We're seeing all-star potential from Benedict Matherin, who just finished the season averaging 22, 23 points a game. We've got a top five offensive team shoot the shoot like leading the league or high up there in threes and pace. We have a much better defense. Jarris Walker and Bruce Brown combined with Miles Turner, Andrew Nimhard, Aaron Neesmith, TJ McConnell. Um, improvement from Halliburton and Matherin and even Obi Toppin. We're the fastest team in the league. The Pacers were number three last year in pace behind Golden State and San Antonio. Also up there, the top five were Grizzlies and Thunder. It doesn't necessarily mean anything to, you know, I mean, if, if you say you want to play fast, then you want to rank high in pace because you don't want to be, you know, preaching, running the ball, but you're the 18th best at it. Um, but pace doesn't equal championships. The Denver Nuggets, they had, they ranked number 23 in pace and they won the championship last season with that ranking. So just because you play fast doesn't mean that that's enough to um, push you over the top. However, I do think it fits this team well, and I, I like that being a, a strength of ours. I think I think it's going to be a really fun team to, to root for and to watch. And I say maybe. They, they might be able to win a playoff season around next season. If if things are if things move as as well as they could, I could I'd buy that, I'd buy that, but um, we'll just have to see. I'm super pumped to see how how it does play out. We got the summer league coming right up, um, yeah. We'll just have to see see how this all plays out. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Peace and love.